What's up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, the MF CEO, and you're listening to my podcast, the MF CEO Project. If you don't know who we are, fucking Google it. All right. Me and Vaughn have been sitting here for the last 10 minutes trying to work out a, a intro for the podcast, and I keep fucking it up. Yeah. So I'm just going to say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. So hello. You're not a strong reader. No, I'm not. <laughs> I read on a second grade level, but I speak on a third grade level. That's true. All right, guys. Yeah. So this is the new podcast. Um, I'm here with my two badass co-hosts, Mr. Ben Newman, a professional speaker, best-selling author and performance coach who works with elite athletes and executives all over the world. What's up, Ben? What's going on? And Mr. Vaughn Kohler, a former pastor and college instructor who's now a professional writer and communication consultant. What's up? I'm trying to think of a, a witty response. There's no re- witty response. I, I, Say I, hello, Vaughn. What's the, up? The intro that you wrote was too hard for me to read, so that was the <laughs> intro that we did. That sounds good. And that's what we're going to run with. Yeah, I like it. I like so, to Google. Or, or, Google here, it. or here's an idea. Listen to the other podcast. Listen to the other podcast. Where we talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. So, hey, uh, so we've had these emails asking to know a little bit more about Ben. I don't know if people want to date no. him or what, but... They want well, to know a little bit more They about saw it. his periscope of, of him mixing his protein, and they think they're going to be, he might need a date. But the truth is, Ben is happily married yes, he with is. a family. Yes. So regardless of his awesome protein mixing skills, yes. which we just displayed on my periscope. You can go back at Andy's replay. That's at Andy Frasilla on Periscope. Yeah. Yeah. You see the replay. It was very yeah. impressive. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Lot, yeah. Lots of uh, sick days to you perfect that technique, huh? In like seventh grade? Yeah. So I am going to put Ben on the spot, though, because, you know, hearing things like professional public speaker and author. I mean, that's pretty broad. So, Ben, how would you summarize succinctly and wittily what you do? So I would say, uh, you know, my whole life I've faced challenge and adversity, been in sales a long time, been kicked in the teeth, but have been blessed to be surrounded by people who have been there to pick me up. Uh, As a result of always having great people around me, mentors and coaches, I've had a significant career in sales all the way from when I started brokering paper out of Michigan State University, then spent uh, about 11 years uh, Northwestern Mutual Insurance Investments building a significant practice there um, that I was able to start transitioning and to sell a few years ago to where now I do 100% of my time is spent doing coaching, uh, speaking. Speaking started for me in 2006, got paid 500 bucks to speak for the first time. I was a 25-year-old kid, thought that was pretty amazing. And, you know, now there's the ups and downs and challenges in business, even with what I do today. And I think sometimes, and this is what I love so much about the opportunity to be with all of you, is that no matter what professional athlete I get to work with, no matter what training camp I get to go to, no matter what UFC or boxing match or what boardroom I'm in with a Fortune 500 company, I'm still getting knocked down. I'm still challenged. I'm still facing adversity. And I still need mentors and coaches and friends like Andy in my life to push me, to motivate me, to get me to that next level. So that's what I love about the opportunity to be with all of you is to share the realness of what it takes to be successful, but to also let you guys know that I'm still growing and trying to get better every single day of my life as well. I think think that's like the... I think that's the ultimate thing that most people don't realize is they look at people who are out there, quote unquote, being successful and assume that they're not struggling with the same issues or haven't struggled with the same issues. I said it on one of the previous episodes, you know, the 
the more success you have, the larger the struggles become. I remember a period of time in 2010 where I was giving paychecks back to the company that I represented that was more money than I made in my first year out of college. And I was giving that back over a two-month period of time in commissions because in the insurance business, sometimes they front load your commissions and if things don't work out, you gotta give them back. So here I'm giving money back in a, actually it was back-to-back -back paychecks and if you throw in the third one, it's about the same amount of money I made my whole first year out of college and I did pretty well my first year out of college. So you get knocked down, but you, if you wanna play the game at a bigger level, you will fall harder and that's the importance of having mentors, having coaches. And that's why I love this podcast, because so many people say, I don't have the money to hire you to coach me. I don't have the money to hire Andy to come into my boardroom and be a consultant for us. But the reality is you're getting it right now if you choose to accept it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, guys, I was thinking <clears throat> I wanted to start something new on the podcast. Um, just to switch gears a little bit. We're going to start question of the day. Question of the day. Question of the day. So today's question of the day is, how fucking cool is Periscope? <laughs> Dude, is that not the coolest fucking app that you've ever used ever? It's absolutely incredible. The, 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 to get on there and the engagement and say, hey, where's everybody from? You know, I did one this morning. It was, I was finishing up a workout. It was probably 5 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, you have people in Argentina and Sweden and Australia. And it's like, I mean, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. And these people Dude. are all over the world. And you're connected <clears throat> with them, like, in their face Instant. with an opportunity to inspire them, to mentor them. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I've, I've logged in a couple times on Ben's, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning uh, broadcast. And it's cool. I mean, it's cooler for me because I know you. You but... caught me on cheat day eating donuts. That was your favorite I, one. I did. Well, uh, Dude, the, one, the one that the you one went thing... to, uh, what was it, Bush Stadium? I saw that one. That yeah. was really good. The one thing that really, like, made me take a step back and say, whoa, like, this is something that's going to change the way people communicate was somebody asked me um, during one of my live periscopes. Uh, and if you don't know what periscope is, you need to check it out. What right. it is, is basically it's unlike any other uh, social media platform out there. It's a live broadcast app. So you click the periscope on and it shows what's going on in live real time. And you're able to communicate with people uh, in live real time. It's like so being your own it's television. Like, yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's like you being able to type messages on your TV and the people on TV respond. Right. It's pretty, pretty fucking cool. But uh, Am I right in saying that it, wasn't it developed by Twitter? And you can sign yeah, in if a, you already have a Twitter I don't know Twitter if they account? developed it, but I know they're affiliated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know? They bought them. They bought them? Okay, so yeah. Twitter, Twitter bought them. Yeah. My, but, my good buddy Ephraim's here um, just kind of sitting in on the podcast, and he's a, he's a, a student of technology. Mm -hmm. um, that's a nice way of saying technology nerd. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, basically, um, it's really cool, man. You can interact with people. You know, you click on it, notifies you. You can join the room, and uh, and you can ask questions. You can talk about things of interest. You know, you can add value. There's just a lot of shit that you can do. Um, and I, what I think is cool about it is that you know you can't fake it. Like there's so much fake shit on uh, Instagram and on. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, like people could choose to portray themselves any way they want. Instagram's really bad about it. Um, but with Periscope, you know, it is what it is. You can't fake your knowledge. You can't fake your ability to con convey um, lessons or to be entertaining or whatever it is that people are there to see you for. It's not, it's a real authentic uh, platform. And I, I think it's going to really 
become huge because of that. You know, yeah. it's something that people are ready for. If you think about what people watch on TV, you know, even though <clears throat> these things are now edited, but they're not watching Dukes of Hazard. Well, they're literally not watching that anymore. But they're not watching A Team or Dukes of Hazard or the shit that we grew up on. Yeah. Or you know, they're watching reality TV. You know, and that's kind of what this is. And even though reality TV is super edited now, um, this kind of brings it back to that. It's really, really, really cool. And it's what, what really made me step back and say, whoa, this is something that's, that is going to be huge is when I saw uh, somebody asked me a question about how do you find mentors or how do you find people to help? And I, I thought about like when I started in business in 1999, you know, the internet was not um, – the internet was not, it was barely breathing at that time. Um, it, you know, we had email and we had things like that, but nobody really used it. It was more for just like, you know, uh, looking at porn <laughs> for lack of a better term. I mean, it was just basic shit. And uh, so we didn't, I thought about like where technologies come from since I started, you know, these tools that you guys have that are listening at your disposal now, it's it's unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable the shit that's going on in social media, um, in technology. Your ability to connect with people who have done the things you want to do, and your ability to like really see and understand what people are going through. For example, you know I used to read a lot of Tony Robbins stuff, and I mean, you know, I don't think he's doing. It. He's not up on social media as much as you know a lot of the newer guys are. But you know, wouldn't it have been cool to like get him on Periscope and be able to ask him a question? Or somebody who was, you know, running a business like yours, like that was big at that time, um, and just type in a question and have them answer. I mean, that's fucking awesome. I, I love the fact that, that, like you had mentioned earlier, you alluded to it. It's raw. Yeah. You know, there's no, you know, people. You know, they 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 see people speak on TV, and there's a teleprompter, and they're told exactly what they need to say and when to pause. This is as real as it gets. Right. There is no making mistakes. Nobody's holding cue cards. No. I mean, if you've got a message, you mm -hmm. get on there and you share your message. Right. And I think it's an unbelievable real platform dude, where people get to know somebody for who they really are. Dude, mm -hmm. I, you know, I've been thinking it through. I think it's going to change. I think it's going to, I think that app is going to be the biggest social media app that ever, ever existed. I think it's going to be utilized by less than 2% of the people in terms of broadcasting, but the audiences are going to be gigantic. And I think it's going to give it's going to push society and the way we communicate in a different direction. You know, I think people are tired of getting that polished overproduced message from everybody and the politically correct shit I think has gone out the window. I think mm -hmm. people are tired of it. And I think it's going to allow people to see the authentic people out there. And I think those people are going to rise to the top in terms of popularity. I think it's going to create a, like, you're going to see people in Periscope you know, being sponsored by Budweiser and like you think about how it's going to change business. Mm -hmm. You know, people are going to be accepting independent contracts to represent companies that have a good following on Periscope. You know, it's going to create right. a whole new way to advertise. Uh, it's just it's going to create so much stuff and change so, the way so many things are done. Dude, I think it's going to eliminate, you know, TV as we know it completely. Certainly, you know, yeah, it'll since, change. since I've got on Periscope. I've, I, you know, instead of reading the last couple weeks, I've been watching other dudes' periscopes that are successful. Mm -hmm. um, what's the guy's name you told me to watch from T-Mobile's guy? John, uh, John Lazier. 
John Lazier from, from, from T-Mobile CEO. Dude, I've been watching his shit. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. This dude's the CEO of like a gigantic company, you know, big business. And he's a regular dude, man. He periscopes himself running through the park and like doing cardio and like doing all the shit that everybody right. else does. And, and for me, you know, that's cool to see. Right. Just like it's probably cool for people to watch somebody at like my level do the regular shit that they do. Right. And they think, oh, man, he's just a regular dude. Well, speaking of raw and uncensored, my first Periscope is going to happen in a couple weeks. And it's going to be Andy Frisella, the unauthorized biography. It's going to be behind the scenes because everybody's always asking me, what's it like to work with Andy? And what I really tell them is, remember that show, The uh, the Joy of Art on PBS with Bob Ross? You know, the guy with the afro who's yeah. like, let's paint those. I said, that's the way Andy is in real life. He's, he's just this now I know, gentle, I... quiet soul without the afro. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> I know. He, never, he never curses when the microphone's turned off. That's what blows me away. You know what you know? blows me away? Here's what blows me away. By the way, at some people, point, we should probably get to the topic. No, we will get on the topic okay. after I make this point. Okay. Here's what blows me away. My fucking social media space is mine. Yours is yours, and yours is yours. Right. And I'm pointing at these guys. Yeah. What I post on my page is my fucking decision to post it. What I say on Periscope is my decision to post it. If you don't fucking like it, don't watch it. Don't comment. Don't say anything. Where do these people get off on coming on somebody else's page and saying, like for me, I get I've this. seen it with you multiple times. Oh, your Paris Why are you guy? saying the F word? Because I fucking like it. You know, like, do you not know anything about what I, I mean, why are you even on here? You know, did you see that one last night where that, that lady was like, Oh my God, I can't believe you're using the F word so much. I'm like, well, if you don't fucking like it, get the fuck out. Did you actually respond to her? Yes, that's exactly what I said. And then she's right. Then she writes, oh, well, you're so rude. And then she, and then she writes, well, then I'm leaving. And then she writes, bye. And then five minutes later, she's like, I can't believe you said the F word. I thought, look at how you're fucking leaving. But like, dude, why do people feel the need to like put their opinion on this shit? Why? Like, dude, when I see shit I don't like, I just like move on. I mean, is that what you do, or do you like comment? Like, no, I, I, I move on. It, it's yeah. always, it's always been fascinating to me. I remember there was somebody had shared something with me. It was about uh, some, ra- some controversial radio show, and there was somebody who was li- like would listen to the show in order to write down criticism, like four hours at a time, to write down criticism of the show, and then to criticize the people who had chosen to advertise on the guy. I thought, you have that much time. You got four hours to sit there and do research on this person's show. Like, go do something else. And then those are the same individuals who are going to say, like we talked about on our last, you know, on, on the last podcast, not the question and answer, but on the kill it every day, People are saying, I don't have time to be successful. I don't have time to do it. You're wasting your time doing things that are not productive at all. And you're mm-hmm. choosing to mm-hmm. be negative. And when people choose to be positive, positive stuff's going to happen. The moment Andy doesn't like something, he turns it off. And guess what? He's going to go do something positive. It's automatic. He's going to mention right. it's yeah. automatic. Right. Like, in, right. in the fact, like, it just blows my mind that people take the time to, like, I mean, I just can't imagine myself going on somebody's shit that I didn't agree with. And like writing some dissertation about why I don't agree with it, like mm-hmm. you know, I just I just couldn't. So speaking of criticism of our show, uh, you know the the show that we did with Teresa with the yeah yeah. Well, uh, my wife gave me the feedback. She had she said I, 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 something bothered me about that. I said what is language? She's like no, I don't care about that. She's like you were not clear on that show that Polish people are intelligent and that you think I'm intelligent. So I'd like to formally say, because we were, we were kind of knocking on Polish people. because Polish wife, people are intelligent? Because my, my wife is Polish. So I'd like to formally say that my wife is a doctor and very intelligent. So I can get out of the 
Dog you know, there's all different kinds of intelligence, Vaughn. <laughs> this is like, true. that's like six episodes ago. So I think you've been in the doghouse for quite a while now. <laughs> but, I'm, gl- uh, I'm glad you clarified that so, for everybody. So this is a, this is a great conversation. Vaughn's been sleeping on the couch yeah. for like six weeks. <laughs> no. I thought you looked a little hunched over when yeah, you came yeah. in here. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. Probably we do have an out. actual topic. Yes. Um, why don't you tell us what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about customer service. Right. And uh, I'm going to just say one thing in in preparation for that is that uh, when you and I first talked about this, uh, uh, I said, well, isn't there a lot of overlap between customer service and sales? And your statement was, well, you know that because they are two sides of the same coin, but there's also a lot of separate materials. So, right. uh, But you would agree that, uh, that the best way to think of Customer service and sales as is, is overlapping topics of things that touch on each other in, in major ways. Yeah, but you have to understand why that is. Because most of your sales, and it's it's much cheaper to keep a customer, a repeat customer, residual customer, through good customer service than it is to go out and acquire new customers. Right. So most new business owners are always, and, and actually most business owners, period, are always focused on acquisition and they spend 90% of their money, 90% of their efforts talking about acquisition, when in reality, it should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. It should be you spending you know, 75% on retention, 25% on acquisition. Yeah, so what, on that note, because I want to back up, because I did, I did our listenership a little bit of a disservice because I jumped right sort of mid-topic. So let's just start. I, I want to lay the groundwork. Let's just start with basic principles. What are your basic principles that you use um, and Ben, of course, as an insurance agent, you, I'm sure all of these things. Nobody you know. ever wanted to talk to insurance agents, but I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, let's start with that. Basic principles. All right. So, basic principle of customer service. We got to. It's not. It's before you even talk to the customer. Okay. It's a mentality that you have to hold about your customers. It's and and if you have employees, it's a mentality that you have to embody, and and pound into your employee's head. And that's the lifetime value of a customer. Okay, you, we always hear about this in business school, they call this LTV, um, you know, or, you know, they have all kinds of different acronyms for lifetime value. But here's the thing, your customer is worth so much more than today's sale. And you have to make your employees and you have to realize that. Um, most companies will focus on today, they will be in a a hurry to make a sale today because they want to pay the bills today. And they, and as long as cash gets in the bank today, they'll worry about tomorrow when they cross it. And it's a very short sighted mentality that most businesses frankly have. Um, and the great businesses that are working and growing and progressing and flourishing in this social media driven world all focus on retention and service. Um, if you look at a company like Zappos, if you read the book Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, mm-hmm. awesome book on culture, awesome book on customer service. Jeffrey Gittimer has a great book on customer service called Customer Satisfaction is Worthless, Customer Loyalty is Priceless. You'll hear me talk about that book all the time. If you're not focused on retention, you're missing the point. And retention starts with customer service. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a mentality that you have to accept from the beginning before you even attempt to go service a customer. You have to understand what the why is behind that. Why is it important to service your customers properly? Because not only is it important for you to retain them, but it's important for them 
it's important for you. And the way we explain it here is to own the conversation. And what that means is like for us, we sell nutritional supplements. When people talk about weight loss, they talk about lifting weights, talk about getting in shape. I want that customer to automatically go to first form every single time that conversation comes up. So that's what I mean when I say own the conversation. So my job is to get our employees to understand the concept of lifetime value and to understand why it's important to overwhelm that customer with service to the point where anytime that conversation comes up, they rave and rant about how awesome it is to deal with first form. Okay. And that is the ultimate marketing that you could ever have. It's the ultimate way to make sales you could ever have. And it's really the easiest way and the least expensive way to make sales that you could ever have. Let me, let me jump in here because what, what Andy is sharing, right? Because it's, you know, you hear Andy say, this is what we teach our people, but do the people hear the message? And, you know, being a longtime customer of Supplement Superstores, which is the local stores here in St. Louis, it's always it's been... One, it's one of the other companies we own besides First Form. It's one of the unbelievable things I've seen with customer service. My guy's John Notter at the location that I go to. And it used to be, I, w- I would see Sal, yeah. uh, Andy's brother, when I'd go in. But I go in, and John, this is not just the first time, right? It's not, hey, the first time I see a new face, we're going to treat this guy really special. It's every time. I walk in, John says, can I get you a bottle of water? If I want to try the uh, Formula One Fruit Loop flavor, mm-hmm. he goes, hey, I got some in the back. Would you like to try it? Hey, I want to try you know, some of this. Pro- hey, I've got some in the back. Would you like to try it? Hey, this flavor of Megawatt, would you like to try it? Every time I'm in there, it's the same. And then I get handwritten thank you notes. And it's not one. I've had multiple handwritten thank you notes. People don't even know that mail exists anymore. It's every time I'm in there. And, you know, I know there are days that I go in there and John's probably gotten kicked in the teeth. He had somebody who came in that wasn't a lot of fun, you know, to deal with. But the reality is he always turns it on and that guy delivers. I watch him deliver to the client in front of me and to the people behind me. The guy's incredible. But it's Mm -hmm. every time. It's not just one time trying to earn the business. He wants the business every time. And to your point, why would I go anywhere else? Why why would I go anywhere else? And I've been shopping at supplement superstores before I've known Andy. Why would I go anywhere else? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the point. So that you just made the point of what I'm trying to get across here is that if you do a good enough job, you're going to create loyalty to the company, okay, to your company, not just my company, whatever it is that you do. And it could be anything. It could be tires. It could be, uh, you know, cupcakes. It could be, it could be beer. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. But the customer service experience, when it's over the top, you're going to guarantee loyalty from the customer as long as you're solving the problem that they they have because and this is this is an issue that you need to understand there's a big difference between being nice and making a friend with a customer and being nice and making a friend with a customer and solving their problem mm-hmm. okay because if somebody comes to you and it's real easy to be nice shake their hand write them a thank you card treat them good and all that shit but the reality is is if you're not solving the problem for what they're there for you're going to miss that part of the retention equation. It's interesting that you should bring that up because Ben, you were talking about your experience, my experience. I went to the Chesterfield Airport Road uh, S2 um, and a guy named Mark helped out and he was incredibly friendly and he didn't know who I was. But to your point, Andy, it wasn't just friendliness. He knew his stuff. Like he knew he knew exactly what I, what I needed to know when I went in and I presented my problems. So. Well, there's an equation for loyalty, okay? It's education, trust, loyalty, all right? Teach people about the product, whatever it is they're interested in. Show them, show them the features and the benefits. 
Okay. Explain to them why this is the best product to solve their problem. And I'm talking about any product or service. Okay. Insert service there too. Educate, teach them. Don't hold back information because you think it's going to like give away some sort of secret. Mm-hmm. Fucking teach them. Mm-hmm. All right. Because when you teach somebody something, you're giving them something of value, which creates trust. All right. That creates a situation where that person, you tell that person something, that person goes out in the real world, finds out that information to be true on their own. Okay. Then they, they've gained trust. And that's the, the education trust aspect might go back and forth a few different times. You might go talk to the same car guy, the car salesman, two or three times over buying the buying three different cars. And after a while, you learn that that guy knows what he's talking about. And instead of having to go back and verify the education, you know, education, trust, back to education, learn something new, trust a little more, back to education, learn something new, trust a little more, you're, you're going to automatically know that person and you're going to trust that person 100%. And that's whenever loyalty, click, it clicks over to loyalty. Okay, mm-hmm. now it's not... I'm, now it's like what you just said, Ben. Why would I go anywhere else? I know that this dude knows what he's doing. He's going to take care of me. He's going to solve my problem. And then you've got a customer that that not only shops at your store, but basically what you just said about that experience, you're going to tell that to any time the, the, the conversation comes up about getting in shape, you're going to say some version of that story. And that becomes the ultimate marketing, especially in the social media world where we can share our opinions about pro- exceptional products and service or terrible products and service instantly across the globe. Okay, Andy, I'm going to interrupt you because this is such good stuff that I, I'm going to take a second to recap. Okay, so the basic principles you said were, number one, it's always easier to retain than to get new customers. Number two, you talked about uh, creating this amazing experience. And a few minutes from now, we'll talk about the details of creating an amazing experience. We've already touched on that a little bit. But then you talked about this cycle of education, trust, and loyalty. And uh, so is that a good summary so far? Yes. Okay. Can I I put something in here? Because I think people are going to say, well, you know, Ben and Andy are friends. And, of course, he's going to – remember what I told you about John Notter? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't tell him that I knew Andy for the first two or three times that I went in there. And he ended up seeing an Instagram post of the two of us. He's like, why didn't you tell me that I knew – and I said, you know – I just, I just didn't think I had to. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's, so it's, look, it's, man. I, I'm getting that customer service because they do that for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, regardless if people believe it or not, it doesn't really fucking matter. Because here's the reality: you either believe, if you don't believe and trust, because of the us by now over what we've been educating you, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Right. All right? right. So if people don't believe that, I don't, I don't fucking care. But I can tell you right now, our retail stores do the highest per square foot in sales of any retail model besides the Apple store in the whole United States out of fucking vitamins hmm. based off of service. Okay? If you are going to discount this information that we're talking about, there's something wrong with your fucking brain. So a lot of people in the listening audience are probably very concrete people. So could you, could you give us an example of how you would do the education, uh, trust, loyalty, like Pick a product. Like, right. literally just flesh it out. Tires. For us. Okay. Let's pick something boring. Nobody likes fucking tires. Nobody's passionate about tires. All right. Let's talk about tires. You go to the tire shop. All right. You go into um, Auto Tire. That's what we have here in Missouri. We have Dobbs. Okay. Dobbs, a local company. You go to the tire store. You go in. You walk in the door. It smells like rubber. You know, everybody knows that smell. You walk up to the counter. Some dude's covered in like fucking grease. And he's like, 
can I help you? And you're like, yeah, man, I need some tires. And the guy's like, all right. And like grunts at you, right? That's one experience. I've had that experience multiple times when I need to get fucking tires. It'll be 45 minutes. You know, and he says some shit like that that you can't understand. All right. That's experience number one. You, you, you wait in the waiting room for 45 minutes. You watch like Jerry Springer on the fucking seven inch television that they have in there. You know, you read the, you guys are laughing because you've all fucking done it. That's true. Yeah. And you read the shitty magazines that are stuck together, you know, from some fucking slobbering kid, you know, that their parents let them drool all over the fucking magazine and you get your tires 45 minutes later and you leave. Was any, was, was there any education? No. Was there any trust created? No. Was there any loyalty created? No. In fact, if somebody asked you about that place, you'd say, yeah, I got my tires there. And the one thing that you would mention, if you mentioned anything, would be possibly the price of the tires, Mm -hmm. because that's probably why you went there. So you're going to say, yeah, I went to Auto Tire and I got my tires. They were 200 bucks a piece. Um, You know, I thought that was a pretty good deal. And, you know, they did a decent job. All right. That's scenario number one. Now, let's talk about scenario number two. You go into the competitive tire store. We'll call it S2 tires. We'll call, we'll call, it, we'll call it tires to go. All right? <laughs> okay. So you go into tires to go, and you walk in, and there's a guy in there, and he's nice and clean and friendly. And, and you walk in, and he's like, hey, man, how you doing? How's, how's your day going? Oh, well, it's going good. Well, what brings you in? Uh, well, I need a tire for my uh, my truck. I think I ran over a screw. And he's like, you did? He's like, let me look at it for you. Let's go outside. Let's take a look. Walk outside with the guy, nice and clean. We walk outside. We look at the tire. It's got a fucking screw in it. And he says, yeah, here's your problem, man, right here. You definitely got a screw in your tire. You know what I'm going to do? It, you don't need a new tire. You need You need just a patch. It's, it's super cheap. Um, let me take this tire off here for you real quick. I'll get you right in. I'll get you right out. I'll patch it, and then I'll get you on the way. Okay, cool, cool. Well, how much is that going to be? Oh, nothing. It's like $5 part. I got it, man. Are you serious? Yeah, man, I got it. No big deal. It's 5 bucks. No, no, no. Let me pay. No, man, I got it. Trust me. Have you ever been here before? He's like, no. This is how we do shit here. This is what we do. We make sure that you get on the road safely and all I ask is that, you know, if the customer, if the conversation of tires comes up, just tell your friends about us. Boom. Guy leaves. What the fuck is that guy saying about your company now? And it costs you five fucking dollars. Mm-hmm. That's the two scenarios. That's service. That's going the extra mile. That's taking initiative to gain a customer. That's how you create loyalty. Okay? Hmm. Period. Companies don't get that shit. You could do this with anything. You can do this with, you know, I'm holding a Juno phone charger, which, by the way, is the coolest fucking thing ever. If you guys haven't checked out Juno Power, you need to check it out. How do you spell that? Uh, J-U-N-O-P-O-W-E-R. Vaughn will throw a link up on the site for this because this is one of my favorite products of all time. Ben, I gave you one. How much do you like it? It's unbelievable. So what it is, it's a portable battery pack to charge your phone because... Now, especially with social media, multiple phones at the same time. Oh, dude, multiple products. Multiple products. It's just it's like the size of a like a wallet, right? And you carry it around and you plug your shit into it. Multiple phones. It'll charge like six phones, six phone charges. Oh, dude, I can't live without this thing. Now I'm mm-hmm. starting to use it. But anyway, 
the point I'm trying to make here, guys, is, is like, because here's the question that's going to come up. Well, I sell snow cones. How can I educate people about snow cones? Why don't you tell them where the fucking exotic flavors come from and teach them about it? You know, why don't you tell them how um, your, your special ice machine shaves off this particular ice cube that makes the snow cone absorb the flavor better? I mean, why don't you just show them what's up? Show them how you pour the flavor on and why it's important to do it in a squirrel. Okay? Mm. I mean, dude, my point is, is you know, we're going to have people that are going to email in, well, I sell this. I mean, you can't do that with this. Bull fucking shit. You could do it with anything. So I, I, I got I, an argument with my dad about this. My dad's a fucking, at, at one point in his life, he was a very successful entrepreneur. He, <clears throat> we got an argument about the electrical business because he's old school, electric, he was in electrical business. And we got an argument about how, you know, their service is blue collar and this and that, and it didn't matter and this and that. And the point is, is that, you know, when you shut your mind off to opportunities, I could think of 50 different things they could do to improve their business. And he argued with me about everything. And I love my dad. My dad's fucking very smart. And very, very few times, if any, was he ever wrong about anything. But he's wrong about that. All right. Doing customer service to the ultimate extreme possible is your ultimate marketing. It's your ultimate way to build word of mouth and build your company and grow your customer base based off of the, the idea of how, the word, how fast word of mouth is spread across the globe now. So, you know, when, it, you, when you give up a, the tire example we just used, when you give up a $5 tire patch, which is probably, honestly, a dollar, all right, to get the business back over and over and over again, do you think when I drive off of that lot that I'm ever fucking going anywhere else to get a fucking tire in my life ever again? There is no way. There's no way. But the reason companies don't do that kind of stuff is because they are so focused on today. They're so focused on every single penny that comes out. When if you would just take time to think about what it's going to be a year from now or two years from now and make that investment in your service and make that investment in providing ultimate customer experiences, think of how much business that me, the, the, the customer, is going to send that tire store hmm. for, for the cost of a dollar or two. It's unbelievable, and companies cannot grasp the concept. So what would you say to these companies, and I, I'm thinking in this case of cable companies, who say, yeah, uh, just be available anytime between 6 a.m. and 2, 2 p.m. Well, here's the problem with that. Is, there, is that going to evolve? No. Here's what's going to happen. They're doing good now. The reason they're able to do good now is because they're insulated from their competition. They have the infrastructure built and no other company, AKA Google has come in and put their shit down yet. And when that happens, a company who's up with their customer service aspects, understand the value of this thing. They're going to give you a 30 minute window. Dude, when they have to compete, it's going to be a totally different game. Mm -hmm. Okay. The only companies that could get away with that shit are companies that don't have to compete and cables. One of them, you know, so, you know, like that's a good example. You see Dish, DirecTV, and Cable all fighting over the same thing. One of those companies, if they got their shit together on customer service, could fucking dominate on customer service alone. Dude, if you had a problem with your Dish and you knew they were going to be there at 1 p.m. And you, and you had people telling you how awesome the customer service was at Dish. And let's say they even brought you like, I don't know, some sort of gift or some sort of value-added, you know, deal. I mean, 
people would talk about it and they would spread. You'd be like, dude, go with Dish. You, you brought up an interesting, you know, somebody, you said if somebody's selling snow cones, you know, how do I educate on snow cones? Be passionate about your product. Yeah. I think you have to be passionate. You have to educate your people and on about what the they're process. selling. process. Like you the always pro- say attack the process. Yes, the process. Be passionate about the process. I'll tell you, and, uh, here's a great story. This is actually customer service, understanding your service and branding, Vaughn. So. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you guys trying to tell me that my story added no value so I, to the I show? am holding a package of Moab <laughs> beef jerky. This is yes. the best beef jerky i've literally ever tasted in my life it's good i just got introduced to matt edwards the owner of moab beef jerky so this is the mother of all beef beef jerky and when i started asking him about his beef jerky the passion started coming out of this guy this is where we buy the meat this is why we use these facilities in the dakotas where we're going to produce the meat we use this meat we slice the meat against the grain to make sure that the meat is more moist that's why you taste it moist he said we remove the nitrates we reduce the sugars we want this to be the healthiest best all right let me stop you let me stop you so now he's educating you okay so education yeah now let me ask you something does that not make you think that that beef jerky may or may not be i don't know but what's your perception better or worse than other beef jerkies unbelievable (laughs) there you go Mm -hmm. and you know i and and here we are you know we've sat here in studio and we've tasted this i mean this is moist unbelievable it's good and i'm sitting here going well why and i know about the product i want to go buy the product heck i'm talking about the guy's product because i want you to go buy the product i mean it's literally it's that good but it was because his passion was there and it's the same thing when i go into your stores you can't just go and sell a product. You have to be passionate about the product. If you're selling snow cones, be proud of the snow cones. Be proud of who you buy your ice from. Be proud of who you buy your flavors from. Enjoy, embrace, and, and brag be- on that to your Absolutely. customer. Brag on the process to your customer and show that passion to your customer about why your product is so much better because that's part of education. Education does not have to be boring. Education, you know, we think of like, Charlie Brown walking up and getting his, you know, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about showing somebody with your fucking heart why this is the ultimate product that you have ever tried in your entire life. Why this is the best product for the solution that you are looking for. Why this beef jerky is going to melt in your mouth and make you feel good when you eat it. And you're going to be proud to eat it because it's healthy and it doesn't have all the chemicals and nitrates and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, when you do this with whatever product it is you're selling or service you're selling, you're creating an advocate of your brand through the process of education, trust, loyalty. All right? Education, trust, loyalty. Education, trust, loyalty. Education, trust, loyalty. Burn that into your fucking brain. Education, trust, loyalty. I can't say it enough. Educate. When you teach and passionately speak about your product and the process to produce that product or service or how we're going to do X, Y, and Z to your garage door to make it work better so it's quieter and you don't see dust all over your cars and blah, 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 blah. You're giving your customer a reason to brag about your product or service to somebody else. You're making them an advocate. And people miss out on opportunities all the time because all they care about is getting the job done and getting a fucking check. Mm. And that that is going to cost your business in the long run. It's short-term thinking. Can I? Uh... You can break now. Okay. <laughs> good. Thank you. Well, that's a good place to break. Yeah. So, guys, speaking of education, the reason that we say go to themfceo.com is, honestly, it really helps us. It helps us figure out kind of who who's listening to us. Um, if, you, if you sign up for... Um, 
uh, to get the uh, the podcast to your inbox. It just helps us keep better connection with you, which just gets the information out and more people are affected by it. So that's that's what we want to do. If you want to specifically go to the page on the website that relates to this episode, you can go to www.themfco.com slash P10. And on that page, you'll find not only the, the download of the um, of the podcast, but you'll also have some show notes and some other links. We're going to definitely link to the, uh, you said the Juno Power, as well as any books that we we recommend. And then I, I don't know, I could, uh, I guess I could link to Moab if it's, do they have a website? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you're welcome, Matt. Uh, but no, it's a good product. It's a great product. So other by than, the way, we don't get paid to endorse no, any of this shit. No. This is like real stuff. We're, yeah. we're showing you exactly how the process works in our in real world stuff. That's a product that you love. I love that product too, Moab Beef Jerky. I think it's yeah. awesome. If, um, if you haven't already connected with us on social media, do that. I, th- I think it's easy enough to find. Yeah. Just Google Andy Frisella, Ben Newman, and Vaughn Kohler. That's it. Yeah. So um, so uh, let, me, uh, let me move us forward a little bit because we've been talking about principles and I don't want to, if you have some additional principles you want to share, that's fine. But I no, think- No, no, no. I need to be probed here because I got like so many things going on. No, my I brain. figure. I figure. So, so what I want to do is go, we've taken a wide, wide angle lens and let's, let's zoom in a little bit okay. to the specific experiences. Like and I'm talking like, be, you know, shaking hands, eye contact, customer service. And then, and then after you talk about the in-person experience that you, you kind of try to train your guys to do, I personally would be very interested to know how, how you think customers experience in person differs from customer experience online. So for those who take orders online or, or any sort of entrepreneurial endeavor where most of the interaction is on the web or digitally. Can I share something real quick? Yeah. So my first job out of college, I was a paper broker. I sold newsprint, commercial print paper all over the country. And I remember it was one of my first days on the job, Floyd, who is the owner of the company, he walked in and he said, let me teach you something. He said, all of your relationships are going to be built over the telephone. And he said, if you're having a bad day, you're having a good day, people will feel your emotion through the telephone. And I know what we're going to get. We're going to get response. Well, I'm over the phone. How do I build a relationship over the phone? I'm not face-to-face. It's your mindset. You can be successful no matter, how, how, no matter what your environment is, you can choose to be successful. If it's over the phone, if you expect that you're going to build great relationships on the phone, <clears throat> you're going to build great relationships on the phone. And if you're going to do it in person, then you have the opportunity to do it in person. But Floyd was so mm-hmm. right. And that's where it was just the energy, the emotion. You could always be felt through the telephone. And that's what I learned early on is you get to create your environment and you get to create your mindset. So it's cliche, Ben, but do you agree with the smile when you dial? attitude you know <laughs> it always makes me smile whenever people yeah. say that but you know dialing for dollars and yeah, all those yeah, things right, sure, right, absolutely right. yeah well so back to you want to continue with basic principles or yeah. do you want to be I mean, more look, specific man, here's the thing the first i mean this i feel silly even saying this because the reality of the situation is is that kids these days don't know fucking shit about personal interactions okay so when we start with customer service here because most of our people are between the ages of 18 and 20, are frontline people, which, by the way, if you own a business, are your most important asset. They might be your lowest paid asset, but they are your most important, so don't treat them like shit. Nothing gets on my nerves more than when a boss or a quote-unquote leader or boss or CEO uh, treats their frontline people like they're some sort of help. Dude, those are your people, man. Mm-hmm. If you don't treat them right, 
you're messed up. You're not, you're not going to make it. They're like the guys at the bottom of the Viking ship. Oh, pull, dude, pull they're rowing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And you've got to treat them like gold. Yeah. So um, we have to start with very basic things. We're talking about how to shake someone's hand properly. Look you in the eye. Nice to meet you. What could I do for you? How to create rapport with somebody. How to create uh, a conversation based off common interests. A lot of these things, a lot of these younger generation kids have no clue how to do. I mean, when I was a young, when I was a young guy, I mean, I'm talking like five, six years old, my dad would teach me, you know, shake that person's hand and say, nice to meet you. But, but what, but, you know, unfortunately a lot of the parents these days are not teaching their kids basic shit that they need to know. So we start with really basic stuff like, Hey, this is how you shake somebody's hand. You look them in the eye you say, nice to meet you, you know, and that's how you start. Um, but moving from, you know, the basic personal interaction aspect, you have to get into your employees' brains that they are there to solve a problem. You're not there to sell. You're there to solve a problem, okay? You're there to put the solution of whatever it is they're coming to see you for in their hands with the least amount of effort possible and the most amount of education, the most amount of passion possible. So if that's supplements and let's say somebody wants to lose weight, you're going to teach them everything they need to know to walk out of that store and lose weight. If it's tires and they need a certain, you know, they need a new tires for their car, you're going to teach them why this tire is the best tire with passion. You're going to get excited about tires like we just talked about a minute ago, and you're going to show them the solution to their problem and you're going to solve it. So that's, that's priority number one. It's not, it's not selling, it's solving problems. Okay. So what's the problem? What is the problem? Identify the problem. Why is this person here? Okay, because like I said in the beginning of the podcast, you could be as nice, as friendly, and as courteous as you want to be, but the reality is, is if you're not solving the problem, you're not going to get anywhere. Okay, so solve the problem. All right, blend the personal interactions with the problem solving. Then you have something. You have something to work with. All right, in person, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, over the phone, there's a lot of things you can do. You know, like Ben, you just gave that example. I have people that I've worked with for, I don't, 10 years. I've never even met in never person. Met them. Not even met them in person. And I and I consider them friends. And it's awkward, too, because you're on the phone with them and you're like, yeah, man, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Like you, like he's your best buddy. And then when you see him in person, you're like, uh, nice to meet you. You've been talking to him for like 10 years. It's fucking weird. Yeah. But I've had that experience with multiple guys I've worked with just because we've been able to create a good friendship over the phone, you know, and, and most of the friendship creation process is not even talking about the product. It's not talking about the solution. It's talking about other shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ephraim's sitting here with us. He sold me two Lamborghinis and a Rolls Royce. How much do we talk about cars? We talk about business all the time. We talk about cars 5% of the time. We talk about business 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the truth. And so we found common ground and I know that he's a genuinely interested in this, which is why he's here today. But I mean, let's say you weren't and you just found the common ground. That's a, that's a lot of people's problems is that they can't relate on different levels. You know, like, like for me, what I always used to do with customers is I would find common ground in their car because I'm a car person. So you find what you're interested in and, and you talk about it mm-hmm. and you create a relationship with this person. You know, me and my brother have a saying that we use, um, make a friend, make a sale, you know, um, and as long as you're solving a problem and you keep that in mind, it's always, it's not going to be a problem. 
you know, that's going to come automatically. So, um, you know, interpersonal relations, solving the problem, you blend them together, it creates good service, good experience. This is just restating in a different words, uh, what you're already saying, but I like the concept of you're, you're talking about creating a rapport with somebody and a connection. And that's what, you know, not to be totally down on millennials or anything, but sometimes they're so distracted by, dude, look, man, these kids grow up playing fucking call of duty, man. They sit in their basement for 13 hours a day playing call of duty. You can't expect them to have those kind of skills. You but know? as you've pointed Dude, out, you, you and, and Ben and everybody in this room, we're, we're all of the age of we're all over 30. All of us, we grew up like talking to people and playing outside and, and like mm-hmm. doing shit. Mm-hmm. The kids now didn't grow up that way. They grew up on, you know, the last 10 years, they grew up on MySpace, Facebook, social media, the internet, email, texting, they didn't, you can't expect them to know this shit or be as good at it, which is why, by the way, if you're a young person listening and you can perfect these skills, exactly. you're at a tremendous advantage over the rest of your age group. Exactly. I think the, the easiest, which is why we're going to have a course on this. Oh dude, I would trade places with any 19 year old, any, any 19 year old right now yeah. on earth. Yeah. Because the opportunity is fucking ridiculous to be successful. But look for that course in the next year because that's what we're going to – we're going to have a course basically on interpersonal communication in the digital age. Right. And knowing how to – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the, the thing is though, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it, it comes down to basic stuff, you know. And, and while, while we're talking about solving a problem and creating a good interaction and rapport and a relationship with the customer, okay, that's, that's basic customer service. That, that might be even called customer satisfaction. But customer satisfaction, and the reason the name of that book, Customer Satisfaction is Worthless, is because you're talking about the minimal amount of service to not piss somebody off. That's what customer satisfaction is. So when somebody says, oh, we got 99% customer satisfaction rate, well, so fucking what? That means you didn't piss off 99% of the people and that 1% is pissed at you? That's not good. You know, what's good is we have a 99% loyalty rate or we have a 99% retention rate. That should be your goal. And the way you do that is by blending, you know, the solving of the problem, the personal interaction, and putting in a third aspect, which is looking for the opportunity to go the extra mile and wow your customer. Okay, like we gave the example a minute ago about patching the tire for free or something that you could do for them. And it can be a lot of different things. I mean, we just gave out a Go the Extra Mile award, which we have every month in our company, which is for the core value of Go the Extra Mile. Um to a guy who went and uh, ju- or he jump-started somebody's car that had a dead battery. Um, actually, no, he didn't win. That was one of the runner-up that won. The, one, the guy that won, um, he ordered product for this guy who couldn't find this product anywhere and then ended up driving it like 70 fucking miles to his house. It like, wasn't even from your stores. Yeah, it was, he, didn't, it was, he bought the product from another company yeah. for this guy and then drove it 70 miles to his house. Okay, that's that's that that's a story that your customer can tell about your company, you know, like something that we do like here in, in locally in our retail stores. Um, if somebody calls for a competitor's product, like there's products competitors carry. Um, somebody calls and says, hey, you know, I want to go to Max Muscle as a competitor here locally. And they say, hey, I want this Max Pro 40 protein instead of our guy saying, hey, uh, well, let's try this instead, blah, blah, blah. You know what they do? They pick up the fucking phone and they call Max Muscle and they say, hey, I got this customer down here. He's looking for this. Do you have it? And they're like, yeah. 
And they're like, okay, well, can you set it aside? And usually the phone's like dead silent. You know, they're like, holy fuck. You know, but what do you think that customer thinks? I mean, you talk about loyalty and you trust in a situation like that. Right. The customer. See, because, but, but that's what you're talking about is building a true relationship. It's not just about one sale. No. It's not, it's not just, can you so generate might, revenue right now? It's, I want to build a relationship. And if that means I'm going to send the protein down the street, today, that person's coming back. That's right. And they're going to refer. I solved that person's problem today. But that, so that's what the most successful salespeople do. So I get to do sales training all over the world. The last three years, I've been a sales trainer for the St. Louis Cardinals for their front office, ticket sales, group sales. It's an amazing experience. What we do when we work with them, any sales team is helping them understand, get on the same side of the table with the person that you're selling to, right? The goal is not to get into an argument about whether or not you're going to buy this or to beat each other up over price or to act like there's one option for anything. It's providing options and getting on the same side of the table so you can provide a solution. So when somebody well, and calls that's why it, I don't like the, the, the term sales because it's not even selling. It's finding solutions. It's helping. It, the, the term selling is fucking outdated. If you're thinking in terms of selling, you're not focused on the right shit. So let me, let me share this about yeah. the Cardinals. It's a unique perspective. When people call in, you know, somebody wants to buy tickets, right? The Cardinals will immediately say, tell me about your favorite experience at Bush Stadium. They want to understand the emotion of why you want to buy the tickets. Then they want to help them understand the tickets that are available for a game. How easy would it be, right? People don't necessarily know what tickets are available. Here are the most expensive tickets in the house. At Bush Stadium, it's the green seats. All we have is green seats. That person doesn't know. Instead, they're walking through saying, who are you going to come to the game with? You come with your best friend? You come with your kids? Are we going to put you near the kids' corner? Are we going to put you near an all-inclusive area where you don't have to worry about beer and you don't have to worry about food? They're going to go through options so that they're helping with a solution. That's exactly the way that we train the Cardinals team because we want them to understand when you provide solutions and give somebody the power to choose what they want, they will come back wanting more. Not only that, think of the stories that are told. I think it's no coincidence that the Cardinals fans are some of the most passionate, raving, lunatic fans on the face of the earth because the experiences that they have when they go to the stadium are like that. You know? Right. You don't go to Bush Stadium and have an experience of, uh, you know, oh, that sucked. It's always awesome. It's always over the top. And you know what? They've got some of the most expensive beer on the face of the earth, but no one cares because of how awesome the experience is, you know? Well, obviously, we could talk about this stuff for a long time and even have several episodes in the future about it. Um, I think we need to. I we mean, do. I, we I do. think, you know, we get. I can get so far into this because – if there is an area that I'm a true expert in in, in business and small business especially, it's customer service and culture building, mm-hmm. and I can do both, and I'm confident of both that I'm one of the best in the world at doing that. And I, there's so much I could go into about the customer service. We've basically scraped one millimeter of what can be done, and and really all it is is why it's important. That's really what we've talked about right. and how you could start to look at it. So if you guys want to take one thing away from today's podcast, it's this. Start looking for opportunities to go that extra mile so that your customers will tell stories about you and do the marketing for you, bring you their friends and family. And you do that by educating, earning their trust, and going over the top in any way that you possibly can for them. And if you can just do that, you will be so far ahead of the game and in every single way over your competitors because here's the thing, and I get asked this all the time, 
don't you feel, don't you worry about telling this because your competitors are blah, blah, blah. No, because it's hard. It takes effort to do this. And it's, you could do it for one day, but the reality is it's like a diet. It's like, uh, it's like business in general. If you don't make a commitment to thinking this way permanently, it doesn't work. So you have to do it for a long, long, long time and make it who you are and what your business is about and part of your culture. And most companies just aren't willing to do that. And I, but I think the secret is in the process that is fueled by your passion. It starts with your passion. So as you go and train your people, it's them having the passion the pro- to want to go and to follow oh, through man. the steps that you're talking about. Yeah, you have to, you have to be living, breathing, um, psychotic about service for this to catch on with your company. Because most people that work for you, they've had other, they've had other jobs that were frankly probably bullshit jobs. You know, like I picture like Office Space, the movie. Oh, I'm sitting there and, you know, Lumberg comes in with his TPS reports, you know, and it's like, fuck this guy. That's what most people deal with at their job. You know, most people deal with a, a culture that sucks. Um, and and in what you'll find, which is really cool, is most people want to help the customers. And because you know what? It's super fun. when you When you take a customer, especially one who is like standoffish in the beginning, and you make them a raving lunatic fan of your brand it's extremely satisfying and fun so when you teach this to your people and they go out execute it and they do it over and over again they're going to have experiences that are that are tremendously rewarding for them outside of just getting a paycheck okay and then you're on to something because now what you're on to is you're you've turned your guys onto a mission when I say your guys, I mean your team. Okay, it's just how I speak. That's Midwest. Yeah, it is. And, we, and say, that, we say guys. Guys is guys. All guys is guys. All guys is and girls. Midwest, yeah. Right. So you've turned your team on to a new mission, and the new mission is to create as many duplicate fans, lunatics, crazy people that brag about your brand passionately as you possibly can now you've created a new game and a new mission for your guys and and dude those guys love it because it's fun and you know what you're not selling anything you're providing a solution with passion multiple times over and over and over and over again and you, you can't not have electricity in your company when that's your focus it just snowballs mm-hmm. and all of a sudden You've got this awesome culture that's based around helping people, providing solutions. And on top of that, you've got thousands of people out there bragging about your company and sending their friends and family and trusted loved ones to you. You can't beat it. And that's why I talk about the do the right thing economy because it's all based around doing the right thing. You know, it's not traditional business. Business has changed. Social media is changing the way Word of mouth travels, the speed at which it travels. You can no longer do the things you used to do. And for you to succeed in business, you have, have, have to do the right thing with passion. And it all starts with how ridiculously dedicated and passionate you are with your own employees and your customers. Guys, in addition to the show notes that we're going to have for this podcast episode, I'm also going to – I'll talk to Andy after the uh, – after the sessions ended here and just get additional recommendations for books that deal with t- customer service. I know you're big on Jeffrey Gittimer's book. Uh, what's the name of that book again? Customer satisfaction is worthless. Customer loyalty is priceless. Yes. So this is how that's the best book on customer service you'd ever read. There's another local author, good friend of mine and mentor Shep Hyken here in St. Louis, and he's a hall of fame speaker and he's written 
six books. I mean, he's one of the top guys in the world for customer service. Great books. I mean, cult of the customer. I mean, all kinds of things. I mean, stuff. It's just, it's incredible these guys because they've poured a lifetime into researching. And then that's the impact, right? I mean, Andy's been impacted by their book. So it's our opportunity to keep learning so that we can keep better to deliver process and to deliver service. Nice. So uh, you can find all those show notes and, and resources, themfceo.com slash P10. I want to do something a little different to close out, guys. So indulge me on this. Okay, Ben, we're going to start with you and then we're going to have Andy finish us up. But Ben, I want you to give a one minute. This podcast is going to come out on Tuesday. So people are going to have the rest of the week. Uh, to, to basically kill it, all right? So I want you to take one, one minute or less to give whatever's on your mind to help them kill it this week, and then, Andy, you're going to finish up. Believe it or not, I'm going less than one minute. It's okay. going to be quick. Find what you're passionate about in your business and allow that passion to fuel what people feel that you do business with. And if you get fired up and you get passionate about the things you enjoy, people are going to feel it and they're going to want to do business with you. Nice. All right, Andy, you're going to... I, listen, if you want to kill it this week, start by changing your thinking today about what it means to service a customer. Servicing a customer is no longer taking their money and providing them with a product. Servicing a customer now entails educating, trusting, building loyalty, providing a solution, becoming friends, going the extra mile, and put all that shit together. And start thinking of your customers not as customers, but as people who are going to go out and advertise for your business. And if you start thinking of your customers today and be beating this into your brain that they are people who will go out and advertise for you, you'll automatically treat them a lot better than you used to. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll are we see done? you next week. Yeah, we're done. We're done? I want to keep going. You want to keep going? Yeah. Well, you got to sign off for us because we're right. done. Listen, guys, we're going to follow this up with other, other podcasts in detail, step-by-step -step directions on customer service. I promise you I'll share with you uh, <clears throat> what I know uh, in every detail when it comes regarding the subject because the companies that are going to be great from this day forward are going to be built around the idea of long-term customer service. Oh, one other thing, guys. We're going to have the drawing for the reviews. Some of you have uh, sent in your iTunes reviews, and we promised that we were going to have a drawing to give away a prize. We're going to do that the first week of September, so the first podcast in September. So if you haven't done a review and you still you know, want to be eligible for the prize, uh, we're going to come up with a really good prize. Uh, then go ahead and send us uh, an iTunes review, and you will be eligible to win the contest. So some of you have been asking about that. Just wanted to give you an update on that. And I think that's the show, is it? That's the show. All right, guys, listen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for all the reviews that you guys have been putting through. It's been amazing. We're having a lot of fun. Um, I feel like we're doing a good job. If we're not, let us know, uh, and we'll delete your email out of the inbox without reading it. All right? <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Around, kid, I 